1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 1. Hallelujah. So back to New King James. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 1. All right. So this is Paul, apostle of Jesus Christ, writing a very powerful letter. And then he, he brings about a revelation that I think we all just need to come into terms with. Paul said, And I, brethren, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual people. All right. It says, I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he's going somewhere. He says, I want to talk to you guys, but I can't, I can't go deep. I can't go as far as I want. I can't go as deep as I want with this teaching. I could not speak with you as unto spiritual people, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food because up until now you were not able to receive it and even now you are still not able. Verse, yeah. For you are still, what, what's the word he's using there? Canal, right? I'll explain that. For where there are, what? How many things? Envy and strife and divisions among you. Are you not what? Canal and behaving like Mere men, mere there, if you notice it, it's slanted, meaning it's, it's in italics. Um, originally, it wasn't there. So he's saying, are you not carnal and behaving like men? Meaning there's a way men behave, but then there's a way Christians behave. Right? And then when a Christian behaves like men, regular men, Paul says that that Christian is what? Carnal. The word carnal here, um, we're all familiar with the word carnivorous, which means to eat flesh. The word canal means to allow the flesh to be what is leading, guiding, and directing you. So there are three sets of threes we're learning this morning. All right. The first set of three will be the three parts of one a man. And then the next set of three will be the three kinds of men. And then the third set of three would be the three stages of spiritual growth. So I'm kind of like starting from the three stages of spiritual growth. You know, so I'm kind of like starting from the back and then we'll walk our way to the front. Let's see the Passion Translation from verse 1 again. Paul is challenging them here to spiritual growth and this was what we did last week. You know, challenging ourselves to spiritual growth and we said this month, you know, we're going to deal a lot with it. So someone wonders, um, how does that have to do with depression? Because when we, when we learn the three parts of man, you would see where depression comes from, where bitterness comes from. You you see where all of that comes from, all right? And then we'll be able to deal with it better. So Paul says, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are what? Spiritually mature people, for you are still dominated by the mindset of what now? The flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, next verse, I had to what? nurse you and feed you with milk not with solid food of more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it in fact you are still not ready to be fed solid food verse 3 for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh ask yourselves is there jealousy among you do you compare yourselves with others do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? 
If so, this proves that you're living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by your mindset of the flesh, and you're behaving like who? Unbelievers. So Paul is challenging everyone to spiritual growth. You know, someone says, oh, I'm, I'm born again. Yeah, praise God. We're happy you're born again. But then being born again is just the beginning of an entire journey. Right? Being born again is the beginning. First Peter chapter 2, verse, verse 2. Okay, let's, let's do one first. First Peter chapter 1, and then verse 23. First Peter 1, 23. We could go back to New King James. Uh, okay, this is fine. All right. Okay, great. Haven't been what? Born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides for how long? Forever. So we all, you know, for as many of us as are born again, we're born again by, you know, hearing the word and then acting on it, confessing the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's, you know, and they say, you know, you got born again about hearing God's love. No, I know everybody didn't get born again hearing God's love. All right. Um, anybody got born again watching Burning Hell? All right. And then you were scared into heaven. Some of you never saw that movie and then he scared you into heaven like, Jesus, I don't want to go to hell. All right, so there are different reasons why we get born again. But then you're born again, okay? Um, so it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. So I, I know someone whose brother beat him to get born again. <laughs> so I think the brother saw born in hell, got born again, came home, you're going to go to heaven, you must go to heaven, confess Jesus. You have to confess Jesus. Say, Jesus is my Lord. <laughs> Alright, that's that's the brother thinking he's showing him love. Like, I'm not gonna go to heaven and then you go to hell. Confess Jesus. <laughs> Alright, like, Jesus, I confess Jesus. Alright, alright. Now, so this shows you're born again by the word of God. Okay, so I'm born again. So it's like getting to a new house or a new territory. Chapter two, verse two. First Peter chapter two, verse two. First Peter chapter two, verse two. The next chapter and then, yeah, thank you. So it says what now? As what? Newborn babies, what should you do? Desire the sincere milk of the world so that you may what? Grow. So babies need milk. Say that. Babies need milk. Babies need milk. So he's saying, so there's nothing wrong with having milk. There's nothing wrong with being a baby. The issue is remaining a baby. So it's okay. Every we, we all were born babies. So it's okay to be a baby. But then what do I do? I grow. I get out of babyhood and I take steps. I advance. I mature. So I'm going to run you back again. All right. So remember we went to 1 Corinthians. We're going to see that, but we'll stop over in Hebrews on our way. Um, once again, it says, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow. So if somebody gets born again, the only way the person can grow is by taking what? The word. The word. The milk of the word. And then you move from the milk of the word, you move to what now? The meat of the word. And then you grow, grow, grow. So let's see Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5 and then from verse 12. I want you to take note of the word milk. Take note of the word milk. There's nothing wrong with milk. Everybody takes milk except, you know. All right. Hebrews 5.12. Watch this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, it says, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the 
oracles of God. He says you have come to need what? Milk and not solid food. Remember from 1 Peter chapter 2, who are those who need milk? Babies. Okay. So he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, because people feel, oh, um, I've been born again like 10 years and 12 years and 15 years. Um, it means I'm spiritually mature. No. Physical growth is not the same as spiritual growth. It's not automatic. All right. Someone could be um, um, born again like 12 years and still be taking milk. And that's what he's addressing here. For by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have need of milk and not solid food. Next verse, please. For everyone who partakes only of what? Milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness because the person is a babe, a baby. So babies take milk. So he says those who take only milk, all right, they are babies, okay, Next, next verse again. All right. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use, they've exercised their senses to discern both evil and good. So, two kinds of food then. Milk and then solid food. Milk and solid food. Milk and solid food. So, Paul says, um, I, I couldn't go further with you. I couldn't go deeper. I want, in fact, by now you should be teaching people. So it means the ability to teach others doesn't come from age. The ability to teach others comes from spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. First Corinthians you know, 3 again from verse 1 so that we now understand what he was dealing with. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from 1. And I, brethren, could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. All right? I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you are still not able. Verse 3. For you are still carnal. There is among you envy, strife, division. Among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men, behaving like men? All right, no, just just the third verse. So Paul Paul is introducing three things now. I said there are three sets of three. So here we see, but back to verse no. So here we see, um, are you not still? What's the word there? Carnal. Let's go to verse one. I could not speak to you as unto who spiritual but as unto carnal so it says there are spiritual people and then there are carnal people let's go to chapter 2 and then the 14th verse chapter 2 14 first corinthians chapter 2 and then the 14th verse thank you it introduces the third type it says but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god because they are foolishness unto him nor can he know them because these things are spiritually discerned all right next verse 15 but he who is what now spiritual judges all things yet he himself is judged rightly by nobody so three types of people we have the natural man who's a natural man not born again at all natural man then someone gets born again but really not growing as a person should what's the word there canal and then maturing endeavoring not perfect necessarily 
Perfection, there are two types. There's inward perfection already in Christ, but then we're maturing. Everybody's maturing. But the person's growing. So Paul calls the person spiritual. So there are three types of people on the earth. The natural man, the carnal man, and then the spiritual man. So the natural man, guys, look, look at the 14th verse again. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. He, he can't, for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. TPT, please, this verse. Someone living, watch this, on an entirely human level, rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the spirit so the person is living entirely on human level he cannot understand the revelations of god's spirit they don't make sense and this happens unconsciously now for us that are born again it will make us natural but then it makes us carnal because it means that our senses are beginning to govern our thinking you say no 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 um you know maybe maybe science maybe politics maybe Maybe whatever, you know, whatever field we, we seem to be professionals in. I, I like something Peter did. Peter was a fisherman. Peter spent the whole night trying to catch fish. And then he didn't catch anything. Then one, one man, a teacher, comes to the seaside teaching and then people pushing, pressing on him. So he borrows Peter's boat. says, Peter, can I use your boat? Sir, can I use your boat? Peter says, all right. All right, let's push a little bit into the water so that I could talk to the people from there. Fine. Then he wants to say thank you to Peter. He says, throw down your net, catch some fish. Peter goes, I've done this thing the whole night. I didn't catch anything. Peter could have said, I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher. Peter could have allowed his professionalism come in. But I love the fact that Peter at least tried to submit a little bit to what Jesus said. And lesson I learned there is there will be many times there's a clash between professionalism and spirituality. The spiritual person would know exactly what to do at that point in clash. I was watching videos some, you know, many years back and they talked about a particular doctor. They had done an operation. No, they were going to do an operation. And he's a Christian and he kept feeling, don't cut from this point, cut there. But it's against the books. It's not how we cut. We cut this way. And he kept feeling, cut this way. Don't cut that way. Cut this way. Don't cut that way. Cut this way. Don't cut that way. An untrained person might get into trouble. He's spiritual. So he says, I know when the Spirit of God is talking to me. So I decided to cut where he told me to cut. And I realized if I cut the normal book way, we'll get this person injured. You know right? Someone went to buy a car somewhere. The dealer, you know, talked large about the car like they always do. And then they agreed. You pick it up on a certain day, X, Y, Z day. So he went back to pick up the car. He drove the car away, hadn't driven like five minutes and kept feeling, take the car back, something's wrong with the car. He doesn't know what. The car runs well, the car sounds well. You rev the engine, it's fine. You check the engine, it's okay. Everything is okay here. There's nothing wrong. It's, I just got the car, it's new. And he carefully in his heart, take the car back. 
take the car back. Then he drives the car back to the dealership and the dealer saw him and automatically started saying, well, sorry. We knew you might find out. We, he didn't even know what they were finding. I didn't know anything, anything. He just drove the car back as the Holy Ghost told him. And then the dealer started apologizing. So the car he inspected was not the exact thing sold for him. Certain things are different, but the same spec, but one had a fault and he felt, let's get this one out of our pocket. They said, I apologize, I'm begging. How, how did he know? Everything doesn't come up here. So, so the spiritual person knows that life is not totally physical. Life is spiritual. So I have to learn how to address things from the spiritual, but the natural person just deals with everything naturally. I mean, they bring a little boy to Jesus. His daddy says he throws himself, he's convulsing. And Jesus said, you foul demon, come out. Ah! No, we should take him to a mental home and try and talk to him. Jesus said, no, some things are spirits. You cast it out. You don't psychoanalyze a demon. It's a spirit. You cast it out. But the natural man doesn't get that. Doesn't get that. He never receives because his life is entirely dependent on a human level. Nothing, nothing, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. So there are three types of people. Natural, not born again, they can't get it. Canal, they're born again, but they're not growing. They're, they're, not, they're allowing their flesh, canal, flesh, flesh to guide instruct direct them the best way they know to do business is just someone told me i'll make a lot of money let's go and then we throw money in it and then um the best way to get married is just um his height her hips or face you know something so every every all of our best decisions are just things we see but Life isn't that way. There's a third realm, a deeper realm that is available for every one of us and then we grow deeper in it. So three types of man. You know that already, right? Natural, carnal, spiritual. Three stages of growth. First one, you've seen it already. Babyhood, right? As newborn babes, you need the milk to grow. You need the milk to grow. But the next one, let, let's, let's, let's read... Which of these two should we read first? Hmm. Ephesians 4 from 11. Ephesians 4 from 11. So he's appointed some with grace to be pastors, some with grace to be apostles, I mean prophets, evangelists, and then pastors, and some grace to be teachers. Next verse. All right. And their calling is to nurture and what? prepare so my job is to nurture and prepare the holy believers to do their own work of ministry so everybody here has a work of ministry it doesn't mean pulpit but you all have something and as they do this they will enlarge and build up the body of christ verse 13 now these grace ministries will function until i want you to see this all attain oneness in the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the son of god and finally 
we become one in a perfect what? Man with a full dimension of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Next verse now. This is where we're going. And then our what? Immaturity will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings and by false doctrines. So it means children are easily in this area. They are not mature. So trouble can easily shake us. Not because trouble won't come. Don't get that wrong. Trouble will come. But the more mature we are, the more we can confront the trouble, not easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines or um, deceivers who teach you know, clever lies. Let's see the new King James, this verse. I want to use the word children. Thank you. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceit, deceitful plotting. So, three types of people. We have the natural man, right? And then we have the carnal man and then we have the spiritual man. The natural man, all he knows is his own world. Just facts. 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 The kind of man is born again, but he's living like that. Everything, he reacts to things, he's mad, he's jealous, he's envious, and he just lives there. The spiritual man understands that there's a different world. There's a different world. And I can bring the power of this world into this world. He's spiritual, he's maturing, he's learning. So now we're seeing three levels of spiritual growth number one there's the baby always needing milk always needing milk always needing milk even when they're grown five years born again 15 years born again 25 years born again always needing milk always needing milk always needing milk always needing milk milk. they're not growing then they are the children they've grown a little bit but they are still shaking they're still no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. So children could be like that. Oh, there's a new preacher. Oh, there's a new message. Oh, there's a new doctrine. Now, yes, there's nothing wrong in knowing, okay, that's new and God is leading me in that direction. So it's a spiritual inclination. You know? Um, you know, you, you, you find um, some, some young folks who have like 15 spiritual fathers. You know, who's your spiritual father? Apostle this and apostle that and prophet this and pastor that and prophet this and prophet that. Nah. Paul said you may have a thousand instructors. You can't have many fathers. So when they have two majors now, you're not getting it. You're still a child. And then they go for one conference after the next conference after the next. And I, you need to digest. Relax. Yeah, but my spiritual father is having a meeting. But I thought that was your spiritual father. Yes, another spiritual father. Then another spiritual father. Hold on. Hold on. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So children are easily tossed, easily tossed. First Corinthians 13. I need to show you this one. And then the 11th verse. One interesting thing about kids. First Corinthians 13, 11. Could you read this one with me? Want to go? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and then I thought as a child and when I became a man I put away so we see first stage of spiritual growth baby always needing milk and then next stage they are children and then the third stage the mature man 
But watch this. When the mature man starts giving attention to carnal things, what happens to the person? Becomes carnal. He said, oh, why did that happen? Oh, she's a powerful sister in church. Oh, he's a powerful pastor. Oh, and this and this. And that's a powerful bishop. What happened? What went wrong? Because if a spiritual person continues to yield to carnal things, then you become carnal. So it's not, it's not, a, it's not a state of um, um, final attainment. No. It's, it's growth. You always work on it. But I said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So three ways to know a child. Watch what they say, how they understand and how they think. Three ways to know a child. How are they talking? If they always talk how they feel, how they feel, how they feel, how they... Child. If they're not understanding spiritual things, you know, we need to apply this word, we need to do this, child. How are they thinking? How are they putting it together? Alright? How are they doing that? So this is it. And he said, when I became mature, what did I do? I put away childish things. Meaning, if I don't put away childish things, I remain a child. We're getting this thing, right? Alright. Um, chapter 14 and then verse 20. I'm just showing you 3333. Three, three. We still have a bit of time. Alright. Brethren, do not be what? Children when it comes to understanding. However, in malice, be what? Be babies. Don't, don't, don't get involved in those things. Don't be immature. But in understanding, be what? Be mature. Be man. So, like he said, when I was a child, I understood like a child. But when I grew up, I put away those childish levels of understanding. I grew up. Help me tell someone, say, it's time to grow. No, everybody, even me, even if we've grown, we still grow. We keep, we keep growing. We keep growing. Nobody's overgrown. We keep growing. All right? We keep growing. And the faster we grow, then we leave the crib for the new babies. All right? And then you leave the crib for the new babies. And then you leave the crib for the new babies. So we got to be men. We, we have to mature. So baby, child, and adult. Baby, child, adult. Adult, adult. James chapter 5 and verse 14. This is a major reason why I want us to get this teaching. Is any sick amongst you? What should he do? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Is any sick? The more mature people we have in the house, the more ministry can happen within the house. Is anybody getting this? The more mature people we have in the house, then the more ministry can happen in the house. Then people can call on other people. Do you understand that? And then they can, they can, as it were, lay hold on God's power for you. They can lay hold on God's power with you. Okay? But if everybody's spending too much time in carnal things, when it's time to pull the power of God, people are not available. So the, the more mature we get, Some church members years back, it was about 2 or 3 a.m., their baby like choked or something happened, and then they had a rush. 2 or 3 a.m., they didn't have a car, had to go call a neighbor. Right somewhere on that road, right somewhere on the way to the hospital, baby stops breathing. 
But the two parents sat there in the car, not giving up. Right, and they got to the hospital, the baby sneezed. But in that car, gone. Stop breathing. When I hear things like, I like it. For there's another one, her roommate fainted. She picked the phone to call the pastor's number. His phone wasn't going through. And then she reminded herself of what the pastor had been teaching. So she prayed for the roommate and the roommate came up again. I like it when I hear that. Why? I always say this and I want everybody to get this. When you learn these things, if you think you won't need them, someone around you will need it one day. An aunt, a cousin, a sister, a brother. Someone around you will need prayer and will need the power of prayer if only you are there enough and strong enough and knowledgeable rather to supply. So the reason why we're asking, let's grow. Let's, let's grow. We could end church right now and then someone just, you know, maybe, maybe you know, church is ended and Malik just passes says someone and he taps person and like, um, God told me to tell you, don't sign the document yet. He doesn't know what he said. He doesn't know why he said what he said. But because he's growing enough, he knows that God spoke to him and God said, tell this person, don't sign the documents yet. The issue now with the church is, as you mean, he tells Jennifer, Jennifer now comes again to say, oh, you're right. I was going to sign a document tomorrow. Tell me, what else is God saying? You should tell me. Then she stops hearing from God and wants to start hearing from Malik. And then there's a problem in the church. And that's why there's always a problem. Someone is looking for someone else to prophesy to them. The message God gave him He's given it. But thank God he could be mature because have you been there? You were too excited about the facts. You didn't really check what the Spirit was telling you. You were too excited about the facts. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. You were too every Every red flag the Holy Ghost brought in front of you, you ignored them because the facts were too beautiful. So sometimes God just needs another brother or a sister. I was praying for you and the Holy Ghost just said, I should tell you, everything will be all right. And the person starts crying. Ah, ah, you want that? I just said everything will be all right. But you don't know what the person was going through. You don't know how difficult it was for that person to get dressed to come to church on a Sunday morning. You don't know. You don't know how many tears person cried through the night and the person comes to church and says, God, Holy Ghost said, I should tell you, everything will be okay with you. So we have to train the church to be mature because you don't know when someone else would need it. We just need to now train them not to now throw their dependency on such and call the person, hey brother, does God have any word again that you are supposed to give me? No, you don't do that. No, you, no you're, not, you're not supposed to do that to people. You're not to put the pressure on them. If God will have anything to speak to you about, God will tell you. All right? And someone says, but I've been a Christian five years now. Nobody has given me any special prophecy. Maybe that means you're okay. Maybe it just means you're okay. Maybe you're not stubborn. And everything's trying to tell you, you're listening. And it doesn't mean another person come and tell you anything. Maybe for some people, for some, I can't answer. But don't go about looking for the prophecies. Don't hear someone's preaching and a person says, three angels appear to me and like, God, show me to an angel. Show me an angel. We walk by faith. 
Not by sight. You don't, you don't pray for those things. When they happen, they happen in his own you know, capacity as God. He lets them happen. Why? Because the Bible said even the devil can show up as an angel of light. So people have got into trouble asking for angels. And an angel came to say, junk. So stay with the word. There's nothing like the word of God. But we've got to grow. It says, if any, is any sick, let him call for elders. Let him pray. Meaning, the elders. Why are they elders? Yes, in this case, they might be elders in age. But eldership, primarily, I mean, like a Timothy that was a bishop over a particular place, it, it was his spiritual maturity. So it means the more mature we are, the stronger we become. Parents, even down to taking care of kids. Even, even down to, even you personally, even, even down to, now, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to, I want to leave the house in the morning, Holy Spirit, what should I wear? You know, I might, I'm not saying it's wrong. Please don't get me wrong. I'm saying, um, get, get dressed. Get dressed. Wear what you want to wear. But this is what I've noticed. Be so sensitive that if he says, don't wear that, don't. And I've seen that before. You know, you just wanted to dress casual, carefree. I said, don't do that today. And then you went somewhere and you met someone that you didn't think you were going to meet whom that your other kind of dress would have turned off. You didn't know. I didn't know. Don't do that today. Wear this. I'm like, okay. Okay. So this, this spiritual growth, this, it, it touches everything. Some years ago, you know, a doctor recommended some pills for my wife, you know. I think she was to have her second kid or something. You know, just, but, you know, she complained about something. Okay, take this, take this. And usually, not like she falls ill, so and usually she doesn't even like drugs. So she wasn't going to take everything. And, well, I mean, the doctor said, take it. We carried ourselves, and she was just take it. So she did, but she kept having problems with a particular dosage, one particular one. So the next time they were to see, they got talking about it. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I took everything except this one. He said, which one? Did I, did I give you this? He said, yeah. I was supposed to give you this. She didn't know. But it was just that. Don't. I know a friend's kid, I mean, wife, who was, um, I think, was it something, something she had? And what? And you're not supposed to give a kind of injection to those kinds of people, and then they gave it to her, and the lady knocked out. So you just... Something checks. So, but you say, but my doctor gave it to me. Yes, yeah, someone knows more than the doctor, right? It's the Holy Ghost. I can say, no, not, not, not this one. Don't take. And I'm like, did I give you this? I wasn't supposed to give you this in your situation. I wasn't supposed to give it to you. We need to grow. So he says, are there elders here? Elders are not just, oh, we now have white beards. No. It's, we're now spiritual enough. David was 17 years of age when he faced Goliath. As far as that battle was concerned, David was more of an elder than the rest of the men in that place. David understood the covenants of God. So even you young ones, don't feel, oh, does it concern me? Yes, Samuel was a kid when God spoke to him. And God told him what God didn't tell Eli. David was a kid. Joseph was a kid when God showed him the vision. 
So God could show kids visions, and it's true, it's a real thing. It's the truth. So we've got to challenge ourselves to grow because, listen, guys, life is going to be demanding. Work will demand. Relationships will demand. Everything demands from us. And what they're doing is taking away spiritual growth from us. So we enter the last part. Three types or three parts of a man. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I might do a bit of an illustration here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you how? Completely. May your whole what? Spirit and soul and body be preserved how? Blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many parts? Spirit, soul, body. All right. How many types of man? Um, Natural, carnal, spiritual. How many levels of spiritual growth? Babyhood, childhood, Adulthood. So three levels of three. Three types of three. So how many parts of a man? The spirit, the soul, and the body. Alright? When God made man, alright, in Genesis chapter 1, Bible said God breathed into him and man became a living soul. The word living connected to the soul changes the equation. Why? Dogs have souls. Cats have souls. They care for their young. They protect. They fight. Who is getting what I'm saying? They, they have a soul. But man has a soul that has life. Living soul. He basically says man has a spirit connected to that soul. So when they die, it's not like when we die. I know some people don't like to hear when your dog is dead, your dog is dead. If we say, I'm meeting my dog in heaven. We need to talk about that later. All right. But they, they have a soul. They, they hurt. They, they, they defend themselves, protect themselves, protect their kids. Mother hens will fight you over touching the chick or the egg. They, they do all that because there's a soul alive within them, but that soul is not with a spirit. So man has a spirit that has a soul. So he says there are three parts, spirit, soul, body. All right. Another way to explain is Genesis chapter 1 in verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, all right. Let us make now our image. Let us make so everybody feels okay. God made man, so this is you know, no, this is not it. John chapter 4, verse 24. John 4 24. Don't forget, God said, Let us make man in our image, right? So let's see what the image of God really is. John chapter 4, and then the 24th verse. Thank you. How does he describe God? God is spirit. And those who worship him will worship him how? Spirit and in truth. So he says God is spirit. So let us make man in our image. So God says our image. What's the image of God? Spirit. So God makes man a spirit like himself. 1 Corinthians 14 and 14. For those of you who, you know, maybe pray in tongues and maybe you heard about praying in tongues for 1 Corinthians 14. Watch this. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, which part of me is praying? My spirit prays, but my understanding my soul is not getting the gist and then he gave the answer to what to do but look at that later so he's trying to say there's a spirit part of me then there's a soul part of me but then there's a body part of me those three parts make me you have to get this man is spirit soul and body man is spirit soul body please we could do a bit of an illustration um malik 
You know I like to bring you out, right? All right, let me have you. Thank you. Jennifer, should I bring you out too? Okay, okay. Let me see who else. Need you want to come? Please. Thank you. So three people. Who who will be spirit now? So long, buddy. You you be buddy. Okay, you want to be spirit? No, you, you can't be spirit. Oh yeah, please be spirit. Okay. Nee is the biggest person here, so Nee will be buddy. <laughs> so Malik will be soul. All right. So I I need to use the illustration to help us faster, and then we're gonna get it. Okay, guess what? Of all of these three, who do you think you see the most? I know it's obvious, but please answer. Buddy. Who we interface with? Soul. Who we do not have an idea of? Spirit. If you're born again, the day you got born again, spirit got born again. You never grew taller, shorter. So it means nothing happened to your body. And then the song you heard before you came to church, you still remember this song, right? So nothing happened here. Something happened there. But if we're now not feeding this person food to eat, as a newborn baby desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow, so the body can keep growing and the soul is being entertained and goes to school and gets a PhD, but then the spirit is small. So that tiny spirit cannot lead these big old guys over here because they're big and they're trained and they're well-fed. Matthew 4 and 4. So in Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus was being tempted of the devil to turn stone. And Jesus says, but it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. But out of these three, which one do you think eats bread? This guy. But Jesus said, man will not live by bread. Okay. <laughs> I know I was hearing it, but I thought it was somewhere else. Like somebody else. You got it? Are you sure it won't come up again? Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. So Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone, right? So which one eats bread here? Buddy. But he said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So it means one of them eats the word. That person, and actually also this person. So if all we do is eat bread, Fanny is a perfect guy for this place. <laughs> you know the way he looks now? All right, so he's good. So you're perfect, you're perfect for it. So if, and, and this, this is it. So for, if I want to make a decision, on I want someone to be my friend or someone to be this is where we look the best we ever get to is I like the way she smiles I like the way she reasons I like the way she's calm all of those are the interactions of the soul so when you meet with people it's usually these two this and then this you know she's always calm he's always jovial he has a great sense of humor blah 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 interactions of the soul this is where hurts happen. This has the mind, the will, and the emotions, the soul. The body doesn't have that. The body can easily be influenced, watch this, when it's not fully fed. When the body is fed, this guy runs the show. Some don't have developed bodies or anything, but their minds are the biggest part of them. 
very academic, very scientific, very intellectual, maybe highly social, and that's all about them. So they're great IT guys, you know. You know, they're just there. This is their world. This is their soul. But the balanced person has to focus on all three because sometimes we're even too spiritual, we don't comb our hair. I don't know if you've been there before. Your hair. You're too spiritual, you don't comb your hair. You're too spiritual, you say, nobody's looking at me, I could dress however I want to dress. And so we could have that extreme or then we have too much of this extreme or this extreme. Now, while that is the most powerful person of the three, the spirit, the deciding person of these three is the medium person here. When you feed your mind, spirit and mind, with the word of God, these two guys become powerful. Very powerful. They will tell the body what to do. But when you feed these two people here, then you start hearing the spirit is willing, flesh is weak. Why? These guys are fed. These guys are fed. So when there's hurt, it's your soul that feels it. Your mind, will, emotions. Your spirit is saying, let it go. Forgive. Let it go. Forgive. But you can't let it go. Forgive if you're not feeding the word. Man has to eat the word to grow. You, you, you've got to feed the word to grow. The powerful thing about this, and maybe next Sunday I'll do this better and for a longer period. Even when there's sickness in the body, the spirit can send healing into that body. In Romans chapter 8, 11, Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God that resurrected Jesus from the dead, he lives inside you. Question, which part of you? Spirit. So a Christian, you know, has mental disorder, you know, um, can't sleep properly, can't all of that, all of that, all of that, you know, maybe broken body, something's going on wrong and all of that. All of that, well, guess the person living inside that person. The very same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. It's by knowledge now you will learn how to transfer that power here and here. If not, you could have so much resurrection power inside you, nothing's going on. Same for the wisdom of God. You have the wisdom of God inside you, but nothing's going on. If our proverb says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a broken spirit, who can bear? Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, 14. Let me check. Yes, Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But a broken spirit, who can handle? So, no matter what's happening to your body or to your mind... You say, oh, but I'm depressed. Oh, I'm tired. And someone is saying, when you're depressed, you need to do some yoga. You need to go, hmm. You need to go. The Spirit of God is saying, I can deal with that thing if you just allow me. Why? Listen, and let me say this. There's no... You're going to get it. I'm going to say it just in very clear English. If you're born again, your spirit is so perfect and so flawless that we've not been able to imagine that level of flawlessness. I'm sure if I ask how many of us have ever been afraid before, every hand will go up. Mine too. All right? 
the fear can come, but it doesn't mean you yield to it. But I'm talking about, does it come? Do you have things that want to make you afraid? Yes, they do. But guess what? Of all these three, someone is never afraid. You know who it is? Never. The spirit inside you, never. Never. Never panicky, never scared. It's not possible. Why? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear. There's no fear here. Never afraid. You say, where is fear coming from? This person has been trained to recognize something called fear. So fear is in this place. Not there. And as I ask, as fear come, it will come. But our response to fear the things I was afraid of 10 years ago, I'm not. Fact. <laughs> a house could be burning and I don't run out of it on time. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, there are fewer things that can easily joke me like that. And it wa- I wasn't born like that. It starts here. You start meditating and telling this guy, the more... Anybody ever... Have you, have you gone on a fast and you said you fast till like six... But the more you started thinking about the food, anybody been there? And you started thinking about the hunger, and you started thinking, you started gravitating towards the kitchen or the fridge. Right? Anybody been there? Then you. But then the stronger this guy got, this guy came down. A preacher said many years ago, and it was just awesome whatever feeds your flesh starves your spirit. Whatever feeds your spirit. Starves your flesh. So a lot of things that entertain you and, you know, and then we stay there, stay there. If you're not careful, he's not having time. And then guess what? The strongest of the three, like I said, is him. But then we get busy. The world spends billions of dollars every year on these two guys. The entertainment industry is booming. Academia, booming. We're doing first degrees and second degrees and I mean, we're just booming. So this, this guy's a big and heavy and, and fat and this guy here. And then everybody's walking their dogs every morning. You know, you know everybody's trying to just, you know, have a summer body coming up. Summer is coming. You know, we're just trying to do the things. But it's, it's these two people here. And then we treat this guy like we don't have time. Anybody been there? Yeah. Just even that 30-minute devotion, I'm busy. But I watched the game over the weekend. It was a two-hour game. I watched the highlights before the game and the highlights after the game. But then he wanted 30 minutes and I'm busy. And then, but this is the only person that can connect with God. Of all these three, there's only one of them God speaks to. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Of all these three, God speaks to only one. God never speaks to your mind. And God doesn't speak to your body. God is not a fleshy God. God is spirit. So God speaks spirit to spirit. Your mind now picks up what God said and then your body acts it out if it needs action. The spirit, Romans eight sixteen. the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So there's a witness between the Holy Ghost and your spirit. It's bearing witness, telling you something. You know, you wanted to go there, I said, don't, don't go. 
um, don't, don't do it. Um, come back and, and then don't take it. Um, don't, don't, don't get it done. I mean, someone's telling me sometime this year, I got a job beginning of the year. The Holy Ghost said no. Good job. Great paying job. Holy Ghost said no. Okay. About three weeks later, I got like another job. Great, great job. Holy Ghost said no. Then like about four months or so later, he got a job that put the two other salaries together. And God said, that's what you've been waiting for. That's your job. Jump for it. All right? But this guy doesn't know that. This one won't know that. But the Spirit will bear witness. No. Yes. Do. Don't do. Yes. No. Do. This guy. So in, in developing anybody, who do you think needs a lot of attention? Spirit. But who gets the least of attention? The Spirit. So my job, what we're going to do this month, is we're going to deal with that. So that we now learn, this is what we're going to do with fear. This is what we're going to do with depression. These are, these are the things that affect the soul. You are not your soul. The soul is like a computer. It can be programmed. And I'm going to end on that verse. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The soul can be programmed. You can tell the soul, you know, new programming. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Computer, garbage in, impute information. Some, somewhere down that line. Somewhere down that line, all right. You understand the deeper side. So, so is a, they are the programming people. So. <laughs> so I would say it from the outsider point of view, right? So watch this. It says, and do not be conformed to what? This world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So the more we reprogram him, the more he lines up with the Spirit. And when he lines up with the Spirit, this guy lines up with them. I need to end now. Three things. What do I do with my Spirit? I feed my Spirit. What do I do with my mind? I renew my mind. What do I do with my body? 1 Corinthians 9 says I put it under. I subject it. I put it under. It means you tell your body what to do. If body says, I want it now, you say, not now. I'm going to do it now, not now. Now, when we say this thing for spiritual reasons, people get mad at us and say, you're controlling us, you're legalistic. But every athlete understands it. Every athlete understands it. Every athlete knows you can't eat something, you can't do something, you can't, the night before the game, there are things you don't do. You, you can't, there are things, you, so athletes understand self-control. Even when they're tired, the, the, the coach is saying, run five more laps. Play three more games. Oh, boy, training, stay under the rain, take it off. No pain, no gain. And then, that's what the coach would do, but when we try to do that in church, then, then it's tough. It's, it's tough. Now, don't worry, I'm not legalistic, so no problem. But I'm only saying you need to do that to yourself. So this evening or tomorrow when you wake up and you don't feel like praying, what do you tell your body? I'm going to pray. We, let's begin the journey of spiritual development. I'm going to pray. Time it. Say, I'll do 15 minutes. If I have to stand by the wall, pace the floor, I'll do 15 minutes. Do 15 minutes Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, by Thursday. You might be able to do 25 minutes. But I'm going to pray. If the body keeps determining what happens, then the body's in charge. 
The body's in charge. You finish one movie and feel like, do another movie. Like, no, I need to read one chapter of the Bible. Do another movie. One chapter. One movie is like an hour plus. That chapter is not an hour plus. So quickly read the chapter. One chapter, you develop your spirit. You renew your mind. And then you put your body under. Is this helping? So we're going to look at this. And then I trust before the month is over, we'll be very, very clear on how to go about spiritual development. And then someone says, oh, I'm easily depressed. We'll, we'll, you know, I, I thought I'll get there a bit today, but we'll look at it. This is what to do. You're going to do this. But let me say this before we close. But it's a full topic. Don't handle a thought with another thought. This is what I mean. A bad thought is coming to you. Don't try and think it away. Don't think it away. Speak to it. Jesus had a thought to jump down. He didn't think it away. What did he do? It is written. He spoke to that evil thought. Don't think a thought away. Because the thought wants to keep coming. And then it starts building blocks around you. Then after a while it becomes, I can't, I can't control that thought. The thought is making me do what I don't want to do. Why? Because you keep allowing the thought to build blocks around you. So it builds blocks out and your spirit can't do anything. But then the f- better way is you now start feeding your spirit with the things that are contrary to that thought. If it's thoughts of fear, then go to scriptures on fear. If it tells you, oh, you never get anybody to love you, then get scriptures on love. And we could find a service where I could ask what verses you need and I'll stand here and help everybody with as many Bible verses you need for whatever situation. Or you reach out to me during the week and I say, let's fight this thing with Bible verses and we're going to win. Amen? Alright, so don't forget. We all see the body. We interact with the soul. But the real you is the spirit. That's the one that has no fear. That's the one that has no negativity, no hurt. Nothing anybody can do can affect your spirit in that sense. But if you don't properly feed your spirit, you're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. Okay? All right. Thank you, guys. Right. Praise God. So... So I said last week we we're going to read a book. <laughs> and trust me, I said to you know, those um, that were here earlier, I could bank my ministry years on this book. It will change your life if you read it. So this is a book I want us to read for the month, Growing Up Spiritually by Kenny Hagen. If, if we just would. Um, so this is what I said to do. We're giving everybody a free copy. But the deal is you're going to read it. So if you agree to that, simple, it's a simpler deal. You're going to read it. Um, but I'm going to have your number, and then you're going to get the book. No, I, I won't bother you. But you make a deal, you're going to read it. It's simple. Break it down to four, and just finish a portion per, per month. Did I say month? Per week. But this book will change you. This book will change you. So if we have a deal, you might raise your hand and then the book will get to you. Do we have a deal? Tina, please help me so that... um, But on your way out, please, you're going to... If your wife needs a copy, yeah, pick two. And then, but on your way out, just... If you're a couple and then the other person, if... Yeah, yeah, give him one. There's enough, there's enough. For your wife. Sure? 
No, we're getting more. It's just today we have 25, so if there are enough of us here, I could hand you this one. It's, yeah, that was just a sample to preach. No, hand, hand it to her. Let's move faster. So that... Are we done? Anybody on this side? Oh, please, you missed out here. And there. And there. Do you have one? Oh, Tina, please give him one, an extra. Thank you. Well, good. So the deal is, yeah, for his wife, one more. Yeah. So once I'm done now, just help me put down your name. Yes, for his wife, one more. (laughs) You've given her? Oh, she says she has one. All right. This is we're going to read it, okay? So next Sunday, I'm going to say a bit from the book so that we just, I could say open, so come with it when you're coming. All right, open this page. And I could just, okay, no pressures, but assuming I just say, hey, tell me what you read. I'm not, I'm not doing that, all right? I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. But just in case I ask, I might ask who wants to share. Is that all right? All right, if you want to share, I could just give you a minute or two. Oh, I learned this, I learned this. Don't add plenty of preaching to it. Yes, yes, share. All right, I'm going to share. But trust me, this book, it helped me growing up. It's still helpful. Um, we never stop growing up. Okay, Malik, nobody gave you one? All right. No, no. Oh, okay. I want to say it's your department. So maybe they sorted you out already. All right. So um, it helped me growing up. All right. Even as a preacher, doesn't mean you know everything. And doesn't mean even a preacher can make a mistake that is ugly. The moment we stop guarding ourselves and stop growing, something goes wrong. All right? So what we do is we keep moving. Amen. All right. So it's church. It's school, but it's the purpose of church. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Could we lift up our hands to him? We love you. We honor you. And we thank you. We do not take your love for granted. We're seeing better how to develop spiritually. How to grow spiritually. We're seeing it better. Thank you because we're graced for this. Your grace is available. I pray for everyone here and I say that this week will be filled, filled with favor. And I pray strength for everyone. That was strengthened by your spirit in our spirits or strengthened and that we win. We win in different areas of our lives this week. That is, we could be glorious, filled with testimonies, that more than ever before we will hear the voice of your Spirit. We will be sensitive to the leadings of your Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you because as we also commit to greater spiritual growth and development, thank you because we would enjoy the benefits of it, the very many benefits of it. I call everyone blessed, and I call this new week blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.